Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Jason Rice with me. With an E. With an E, yes. With an E. We're the same, just a little. little. <laughs> Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Jason, thanks for taking the time to chat with me, man. Thanks for having me. This, yeah, this is, cool. is going to be fun. Hey, for everybody out there watching and listening uh, who don't know kind of your origin story or how yep. you got started in the automotive industry, I love kicking off these podcasts with those origin stories. So, Jason, how did you get started in the automotive industry? I answered a newspaper ad in 1997 about selling cars. I was a waiter. <laughs> so, the wait, a waitress, her husband, her boyfriend got a job selling cars. I'm like, how do you do that? Does he have a degree? She's like, no, she just applied. So, I tried to do the same thing. And so... By 1998, I was selling cars, you know, but by six months into that, which rolled in about 1998, I actually started selling cars off the internet. So in the early 90s, yeah. That's early, yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s, I had to sell cars off the internet. I didn't take any ups and... Uh, so, but I did do that for a while, you know, so I, I got to grow up in the infancy of the internet. You know, mm-hmm. we believed it was going to be the future. So I'm used to the days where people are, you know, going dealership to dealership. But I also started with the internet and did that for about eight years and ran internet departments for Dodge mm-hmm. dealer groups, GSM, independent lots and, and things like that. And that, I got introduced to a gentleman named Dale Pollock who created V-Auto back mm-hmm. in 2005. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, I heard about that product. Yeah, but it wasn't even V-Auto yet. It was in <laughs> Power Auto. And so he knew that internet and used cars could kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the first employees that he hired to bring on and to start growing it. And after about a year, Empire Auto turned into what we call V-Auto. Because yep. Empire Auto is scoring cars on how you owned it to wholesale. And then we realized, well, it's a matter of what you can retail it for. Exactly. So did that for eight years, director of the Eastern Region for my last role there. And then started Lot Pop about eight years ago. Because again, inventory management is, is, is process management, no different than internet management was. For sure. And, and now with Lot Pop, we're kind of integrating kind of the, both strategies. You know, you got to manage your lot, which is your cars and your people. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to combine inventory data out of the V autos or the Max Digitals, the VenQs of the world. We grab it, the CRM data and start combining it and allow them to kind of work start together. Start pushing the information yeah. together. Yeah. I mean, think of it like every good sports team in the world bases all their efforts, their results, their training, their coaching, all in the data that they're looking at. And I think as an industry, you know, I mean, over the last 10 years, I think we've actually gotten better, a lot better, you know? I mean, I think 10 years ago, I mean, there were still dealerships out there that didn't trust the data. They were they were, they were like, no, I don't believe that's what it is. No, no, I know my customer. I know my customer. Yeah. Ed doesn't know it's my customer. Yeah. I do, right? But but that's changed. And mm-hmm. now I'm seeing kind of this, let's call it this new generation of general managers and even dealer principals, all right? They're looking at how they're going to attribute their data, but also capitalize on the data, sometimes before they even open the doors of their dealerships. Well, I think it's the... You know, again, when I started in the early or late 90s, early 2000s, is I think those are the people that become GMs now, the people mm-hmm. that actually been in the internet departments, right? Yes. They're not, so um, I think that's, and especially when I started, when I did, you know, the whole redheaded stepchild, we were, we were beat <laughs> to death and had to prove our value because back then they weren't saying, hey, we got a, whatever, 50 grand yep. advertising budget. Let's take 10 of that and put it toward internet. No, it was, we still got a 50 grand budget, but we'll try five or 10 grand at the internet. And we had to defend that five or 10 grand being, and we could track how many leads 
and appointments and all this. And we, and we still got beat up all the time, but yet they'd run a 10 grand newspaper ad and can't tell where, you know, so I, but I, so I think the, the, anal, the analytics and the data driven mindset now is mm-hmm. due to people that, you know, came from the internet department. That's, and, and that, I came from at. the same thing. Yeah. I was the same thing. Early 2000s. All right. I was, they called me, um, director of internet operations because mm-hmm. they didn't actually have any other better name. Remember back yeah. in the day, there was like 15 different titles for that yeah, internet yeah. person. Well, right? did you ever have them come and ask you about their printer? I'm like, I don't know about printers. Yes, I'm I would get t- crap like no, that all you're the time. in the internet department. I'm like, like, I don't know printers. How do, I, how do I send this email? I'm having a hard time doing it. I'm like, why am I that person yeah. that's going to, but, but you were that techie person I'm not IT, and I'm at just, the dealership. I'm just calling and emailing people. I'm but selling cards. You know what I've seen though in the last 24 months is even a bigger push uh, towards data and a, I would say maybe a, another level of evolution uh, to the mindset around around data. Really, really progressive dealers, maybe because they have a little more time on their hands, right? Mm-hmm. There's not as many cars, there's, we're in an inventory shortage. So they're focusing so much on every single transaction and just trying to twist every ounce of opportunity of everything that comes to the door. Yeah. Um, there's that group and there's still the group that's kind of falling behind. I'm curious to, to what, you know, from your perspective, how do you think the last 24 months has kind of affected that that data mindset? Well, it's, it's good and bad. You know, the mm-hmm. I think digital retailing has caused a lot of that, which I, I, this whole COVID <laughs> thing, like I said, it kind of good and bad. It forced dealers to be better at digital retailing. Uh, I yeah. think they dabbled in it and didn't fully commit, but they kind of got forced into that 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 um, mindset of doing that. Um, and and the other thing I think it forced them. You know, they could they realized they didn't have to carry 150 cars to sell 75. Yes. So. Um, they'd be more efficient, but with that efficiency, I mean, again, you, you have to pay attention mm-hmm. to, you, you had wiggle room. We had 150 cars selling 75. Right now you don't have any wiggle room. You no. know, you got to push a hundred out no matter how many you have. And so, you, yeah, you had to maximize everything. You, you had enough opportunities coming in that you can swing the bat. And if you connected you know, 30% of the time, well, you're still making money. Yeah, you're still yeah. covering the bills, exactly. but that's not the case. I mean, you have dealerships out there that are running. 40% closing ratios, 50% closing ratios, 55, 60% closing ratios. I mean, they're taking every opportunity and really looking at it and how they can capitalize that. But I still think there are uh, many strategies that need to be kind of put in place. You know, of, you know, we're talking about the internet department and I feel, you know, before the internet department, you had your BDC and you had your sales team and they're all kind of these separate islands mm-hmm. with, you know, minimal communication. Now I'm kind of seeing like everything kind of start to kind of mold together yeah. do you think that's what the next yeah, evolution yeah. so that's be? what we're working on you know we've come up with a uh, lot walk but because i was saying you know the crms mm-hmm. our crms are good at lead management but they're not really talking about cars and then you talk about inventory management tools like again the viados of the world bnq mac digital whatever they're good at inventory management car management they don't talk really about the leads but yet we show up every day to sell cars and greet and greet people. And so, you know, how these two tools don't talk. Now, some merge together, you know, Venn Solutions, Viato is kind of the same mm-hmm. sister company, but they all have, the, they both have their own agenda, right? So they, they work with each other. But, um, but you know, when we start combining these two data points and we're going about analytics, you know, closing percentage exact was one of those metrics that we always tracked. I mean, for 20 years, clo- for sure. uh, you know, what's our closing percentage? <laughs> what's his closing percentage? What's her closing? Per- what's autotradercars.com? Yeah, what's this lead source? And once we start combining inventory with the lead management, I realized closing percentage isn't that one all be all metric to go to. 100%. Um, I'll give you an example. We we're talking about this earlier. We took 
we did a case study. We did a bunch of dealers. We pulled the data out and we compared active leads. So these are okay. 60 day old leads that they're still supposed to be calling and emailing. Yes. And of those 60 day old leads, 62% on average, some guys as high as 80%, but 62% of their current leads were on sold cars. So I tell dealers, I said, mm. imagine, I said, here's the, here's the, if you can't wrap your head around that. Talk about lead waste, right? Well, well, cause yeah, because all of a sudden if you had a hundred leads, 60 of them, let's just round it down to 60. Yeah. You can't sell a car to at least the one they wanted today. <laughs> you got four left. Um, now, if you close 10% of those, you, you're at a 4% closing percentage in your CRM and they're going to say you suck. In reality, it had to do with the cars missing. And I said, if you can't wrap your head around that, just imagine 10 people walking into your showroom floor right now. Yep. You got to take six of them, put them over here, take these four, because you could sell them and demo a car today. These yes, other exactly. six, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell them the car sold, turn around and walk away? Or do you actually slow them down, see if they're open to other makes and models and pull up Possibly another do car? Possibly a pre-order, switch. reservation, something. And yeah. we're not doing that in the CRM. No, and it's we just give up. We just give up. Hundreds and hundreds of leads. Yes. I have one dealer who has 120 leads to sell 60 active cars. 60 cars in stock, 120 leads. So if he sells everything today, there's 60 leads left. Now, if I go look at his leads on sold cars, he has over 300. So he has 500 active leads to sell 60 oh cars gosh. to. But what can we do? And that's here's another metric. Sounds like a marketing problem, too. <laughs> Almost half the leads, 47%, almost half, are on mm-hmm. only 10% of the inventory. So these cars that are hard to get, the low, low yes. mileage. So now we got 10% of our inventory getting half our leads. That means 90% are splitting the other half. So a mm-hmm. lot of the cars aren't getting activity. So why can't we take some of these six that we got to push to the side, say, are you open other, and put them onto these cars? and try to switch them within the CRM. You gotta yes. maximize every opportunity, like what we're talking about. But Jason, that takes more work. Yeah. As a, from a salesperson's perspective, like, I mean, it, we, look, there are amazing salespeople out there, there really are. And they, and they do do this, they do exactly what you're talking about, okay? Customer comes in, there's something about that vehicle, they're gonna yeah. try to match it to another vehicle, some similarities, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not the norm, yeah. right? The, the, the norm is, well, we don't have it in stock, boss. Or they deal I just, with the low-hanging fruit. The guys call yes. an email and come back. They can set an appointment. The car's in stock. The other ones, you know, because a lot of dealers are short-staffed and they don't have enough people. And so a lot of times that's all they can. Uh, so is I'm, I'm curious, is this a training problem? Is this a coaching problem? Is this a tech problem? A little or bit of it, it's okay. a tech problem. I mean, again, we're trying to solve that solution. We'll, ha- we'll have those leads. Of those 300, there's about 150 we can switch. We have what we call switch leads. Here's a lead and they want it this F-150. Mm-hmm. There's other similar large pickup trucks at the same price point. There's four of them that you can switch them to. So one, um, again, the CRMs really don't talk that way. Um, <laughs> The inventory tool again doesn't talk to leads, so we're trying to solve that problem. But also, it's it's getting them to put their head around it and realize there's other mm-hmm. opportunities there than just the person that called called you back to schedule an appointment. So it's a little bit of both. Um, but it's just again, it's a little frustrating. My end, like I said, I don't know why CRMs aren't doing this. But well, I, I mean, when I think okay, so here's what I think with the CRM, right? I, you know, I think with CRM, it's customer relationship management. But to me, in my head, it implies that it's a customer, so therefore. A transaction has happened. They're my customer, and that's the way I've always looked at the CRM. It's like after after I've, they've become my customer, how do I continue to manage them as my customer? Yeah. And you, you see, then you have the lead management softwares that have come out. Okay, now I I, I can get into that model, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. I do need to nurture this lead, engage in this conversation to get them to become a, a customer. But even those have started to kind of bleed out. Now I've kind of started to see kind of this almost this new little section that started to pop up where they're like engagement tools. 
And I'm like, now I'm getting, now I'm, I'm digging it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, when I think of like engagement tools, like everybody knows live chat. Yeah. Okay. 10 years ago, I saw a live chat, probably a lot, 10, 10, 15 years ago, I saw a live chat. And I was like, oh yes, live chat. We're finally going to have a boom to boom, all right, immediate connection and be able to have meaningful conversation, all right, and get them uh, down through that, that, that funnel a lot faster. Yeah. And then of course, as the industry, we screwed it up and we turned live chat into just a lead generation product. Yeah. Well, just, just give me your name Automation, and phone number yeah. and just all that stuff. Um, but I, I think that's kind of the key of, of solving that is just that immediate connection and continued engagement, but meaningful engagement. Yeah. I watch, I mean, I read through a lot, you read through a lot of lead response. I mean, how meaningful is some of it? Well, and, and a lot of it's automated. And my point is, I mean, mm -hmm. again, you get a 30 day old lead and the car that they're interested sold two weeks ago, the customer probably already came back because they're, oh, maybe I'll check it out this weekend. They go to the site, it's not there. In the meantime, my CRM set up to say, hey, at day 30, send this email. Hey, it's been about a month since you inquired about the 2018 F-150. wonder if you're still in the market and there's a time. And so that email's going out on a car that's sold yeah. and the customer knows it and you look like an idiot, you know? And so, um, you know, again, that's where you got to take control of that data and, and, and find a switch, reach out to the customer and mm -hmm. tell them, hey, sorry, that car sold. As you know, we advertise our price aggressively and they turn to, they turn, tend to turn quick. We do have other opportunities or the other other makes and models. If so, I have this, you know, I know it's not everyone fit. I got a Sierra, I got this, I got that. And then see if we can hook them somewhere, but don't, and then put them down a different funnel. Yes. The car sold funnel and, and email them oh, about like and trying to get their trade in, the trade trade information. Are you trying to trade in a vehicle? Cause we also can maybe help you there, you know, and maybe even work to connect yeah, the connect the dots be between fun. other customers there. Don't at day 50, send them another email about that 18 F 150 that sold and said, Hey, you know, just touch your base one more time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, but again, going back to your point, it's a lot of work. And well, then, I like this. I like this sold lead or yeah. Sold lead strategy, right? So leads coming in on sold units, sold vehicle, uh, yeah. Sold yeah. Vehicle, yeah, yeah. yeah. However, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. But, I wanted to have a little deeper in that because I think that's super cool. And, and I think that's something people can kind of wrap, wrap their heads around. Like, mm -hmm. but to your point, hundred percent, I mean, there's so many of these leads that are just waste. Yeah. They'd almost just kind of get thrown in the bin oh, yeah. and we don't do anything with them. I know you've worked with a lot of dealerships and you've seen some great strategies and maybe it's not so great strategies. What is a good, let's call it dead lead strategy? Is that mm -hmm. what I'm looking at? Or a sold vehicle yeah, yeah. lead strategy? Like what would, be, what, what, what would that look like? Well, again, I, I, you know, that first email going out, to be blunt and honest, the, the subject line, in case they don't only read it, would just say the 2018 F-150 sold now what? Question mark. And then that's my subject line. And then again, the email is going to say, you know, that long, that vehicle is no longer available. Obviously you're, you're going to, if you're acquiring mm -hmm. a truck, you're going to have to buy something else. So you open other makes and models, other colors and give them some examples and not just, you know, I know like uh, I'll call one out Venn solutions does a decent job at this to where you can create an email template that says insert similar vehicles. Yes. The problem with that, it's going to pick trucks. So it might send them an F-350 when they're interested in an F-150. Or if it runs out of trucks, it picks your oldest car and that might be a Malibu, you know? And so you're sending them <laughs> an F-350 and a Malibu when they were interested in an F-150. So you're just gonna have to take take it the rings on yourself. And um, they might improve that. There might be another CRM that does a sure. better job at that. Sure. I'm not sure. But 
you know, I know some pretty good CRMs that don't do that and or, or, or do a decent job at it, but could do better. But to your point, it, it's 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 a lot of work. And yes. Some dealerships are short staffed or young staffed where they're not but, as... But is it a lot of work? I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean, am I spending another 30, 45 minutes a day kind of just, you know, going through those those sold leads, you know, or yeah. the vehicle was sold kind of inquiries, you know, and it's trying to identify. I mean, I just... But because you know what I'm thinking in the back of my head is how much it cost, how much it oh, costs yeah. to acquire those leads. Yeah, 30, 40, 50 bucks a lead or more. It, it, more in some cases, right? So then, then it's just like, there's all this, there's just this money that's just sitting there. And I just. 300 of them. 300 of them. That they're unsold. And here's the other part I bring uh, up is like, if you're talking to consumers, especially back in the day when I first started, back then customer, you, hey, what's your budget? Well, <laughs> they didn't want to tell you. Or what are you looking for? Well, maybe a truck. Well, yeah. So anyways. You've got the two key idea, two key things you need to understand about a consumer. Mm-hmm. What type of vehicle are you interested in and what budget are you looking? Because you already know they submitted a lead on a Malibu at 20 grand. Well, yep. at least you know they somewhat of an intermediate SUV around 20 grand. Sure. So, and those are usually, I mean, those are golden opportunity. Here's a customer <laughs> that obviously first reached out to your interested in buying and they're interested in an intermediate mm-hmm. car around 20 grand. What do you got? And so, Again, that's pick and choose and actually present them. We, we do it on the showroom floor time and time again. That's true. When they're, when, when they're in the showroom, we 100% do that. But we don't do it in the CRM. We don't, we don't, we don't do, do it in the CRM. And, and when they're not in front of us, we don't do it. And I always trot our internet departments when I ran them is to talk to customers as if they're in front of you. You know, we've seen, yeah, the car's here, when, you know, yeah, the car's in stock, when mm-hmm. can you be here? No, don't talk. Or, no, the car's sold. Sorry, are you know, are you interested in something? A lot of times we don't communicate as if they're in front of us. Um, and so, a lot of hey the car sold and that's it or so always just communicate with the customer as they're sitting in front of us going back to the point if they're sitting in front of us in a car that sold or a car that they test drove and mm-hmm. didn't like you're going to try to switch them so um all that email communication all that stuff you want to do it's treated like it's been sure the same with the sales managers what i or desk managers um if they're i know they're not they don't have tons of downtime but if they're trying yep. to find extra deals how many of them actually going back into the CRM to go look at active leads that we haven't contacted in 14 days on cars still in stock or the active leads on sold cars that we can maybe switch to? They're relying on the BDC to do that. And these departments that's, don't that's, communicate. That, that's what it. I was thinking. It, it, that's the problem. The problem is that we rely on another department to do that. Yeah. And the problem right now is, is well, I'm selling everything I got, you know, but but this is the time where you do develop out that process yeah. and, and, and you do put this in play. You know, as an industry, we've always focused on just kind of that 30 day cycle, but this is the time where we break that model. We don't look at the 30 day cycle, right? We start creating that bank, yeah. right? We look at the vehicles that have been on order and what those trades are. And we start connecting these dots yeah. together. But to your point, this is true. We're not, we're not connecting those dots. Speaking of trade, well, trades, but going back to, I want to bring up trades in a minute, but that's what we're trying to do as we're integrating this. I could show the internet or the inventory manager before you drop the price. Hold on. You got four leads and three of them you haven't contacted in five days. Here's Good five point. other switch opportunities. So now use car manager, manage these leads. Because if you've seen three leads and haven't been contacted in five days, you should react to that and work with the department to get them going. Because if somebody was on your showroom floor for five or 10 minutes and no one helped them, I say, Mm -hmm. you'll throw a chair through the window and get upset, get somebody out there, but you let it happen to CRM. So if we can help the inventory manager help work leads, and then you get the lead manager who has leads, but on sold cars that can look at inventory that can help them switch. Now you got internet people helping sell cars and so if they can communicate the other thing i realized again talk about trade-ins and trying to acquire cars think about it and we're going to start tracking this we haven't done it yet but 
I know a high percentage of internet leads probably do not have trade information because they yeah. go to Auto Trader and all Auto Traders asking for their name and their email. That's it. There, there's no place to fill in. Yeah, that, and sure. as I call or email that customer, if trade, sometimes we try to avoid the trading conversation because you know they're going to want a number, and yep. if you give them the wrong number, they won't show up. But yeah, you you need that trade data in there because again. If the car's sold or if the customer's dragging their feet, what if you can bring up conversations yeah. about buying their car? So 100%. I want to look at how many active leads in your CRM that have trade information. And then if you can increase that, let's say 20, 30%, but what if you can increase that to 50, 60, 70%? Now you got to, again, we talk about recycling these active leads and something else. Now you got another way to recycle these leads to try to at least acquire the car they're yeah, trying exactly. to get rid of. Um, so that's another best practice I would say is try to increase the amount of leads that you have with trade data. So when you need another 2018 escape for your inventory, go look at your current active leads that you're trying to sell a car to and see if anybody's trading an escape and work that lead about their car. hundred percent. Well, you know what I find though? The, the, one of the reasons we don't get that information a lot in our communication is because we actually ask them for their trade information. What a horrible term to use, uh, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't ask about the vehicle they're currently driving right now. No, we ask them about their trade. Like we're implying they're gonna. And, and I don't want. I'm not gonna. What do you? I don't want to trade you. It's not. It's not trade. a trade. It's my car. What are you talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Never but looked I, at it that way. But I, yeah. I actually was working with the BDC, and I saw that in their script. I said, guys, let's just let's just play with this a little bit. I just want to change this to say instead of asking for their trades, this is literally the language they were using for. They were using. I was like, let's just ask them about their vehicle. That's all I want you to collect. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to see how many more we can get. It was gigantic. Wow. It was gigantic during that that initial BDC call when they were answering whatever questions they had on the vehicle inquiry or something like that. Sure. And then we just asked about, well, what are you currently driving right now? Right? They were able to grab that almost 80% of the time. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think about that because in concept-wise, customer's mindset is, that's another negotiating factor, and I don't want to go down if you bring no, but because, because it. No, impl- because it implies. If you just ask yeah. me my car, oh, no, I love it. It's got this many miles. It drives great. Yeah. I need more room or whatever. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And once that, and once that trade information was in there, I mean, look, if – Instead of having to go to the auction, why would I not just go to this report yeah. and just say, "Look, out of the you know 500 leads we processed, all right, this is you know 80 percent. This is what they're driving right now. Is there anything on there that you need? Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that is the Equinox that I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's right there. But I, you know, I, I found this because I start looking at you know we dig through leads and. Mm-hmm. I could see a text message to the customer saying, yeah, look forward to seeing you at two. Don't uh, don't forget to bring your payoff information on your vehicle. And then I look at the lead and there's no trade-in information. I'm like, my gosh, we know we're doing this. And we're st- even somebody we're communicating with, there's no data there, right? Yeah. How is this happening? It's funny, even in some CRMs, it actually says customer trade information, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. customer vehicle information, just customer trade information. I know it's a language thing. Sometimes I get caught up on these little language <laughs> things, right? <laughs> but it does make a big difference. Oh, it does. So speaking of data, um, you know, I was just walking through the exhibit hall here at NADA, and uh, man, I was noticing a lot of companies that I just don't even recognize, yeah. right? Yeah. And when I start buying, reading a little bit about them or something like that, I'm like, wow, there are more data-driven com- companies than I've ever seen in the past. All right, what? What, what gets you excited? What, what, what have you seen so far? All right, or what do you think that's on the horizon in the next five years? That's like, okay, yeah, this is where you know data-driven success in in not only our operations but in our marketing efforts. That's a tough question. Um, I, you know, I because I, I have more of a fear than anything. Okay, um, well, let's start. Let's. Well, I'll, let's I'll start out. You know, I do like I, I do like kind of these soft pull type credit stuff where if you could tell yeah, a lot of those. Of, that, yep. That's kind of cool. Um, because again, if you could categorize, and I know some companies do it, like 
great a, a lead. You know, yep. here's here's a lead that has a good credit based on a soft pole. A, They're like local. A, they've done yeah, business with it. A little scoring system stock, against them. And mm -hmm. these are the leads that work the best. That's going to be kind of cool. My fear is uh, they try to go down the AI road because, you know, we deal yep. a lot with used car and inventory management. And, yeah, there's a lot of information that AI can kind of, you know, take over for you. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think the decisions can be done there. You know, um, and here's why, you know, until listing sites list cars accurately to build out sheets, the listing data out there is inaccurate. That's true. So these inventory tools, whatever one you, is scraping data off dealer websites and, and, and third party sites, autotradercars.com. Mm -hmm. Well, these third party sites are reliant on dealers entering data, right? And, and these dealers are power booking cars out <laughs> inaccurately to make it look like a great deal on some of these sites. Like yep. I have a picture, it's an XLT. You can tell it's an XLT and the guy listed it as a Lariat. So either they don't know what they're doing, but it's a great deal, you know? So <laughs> I think they're power. And so if you think AI is going to be able to tell you how to price a car or where to make adjustments and what price, I mean, mm -hmm. it's based off inaccurate data. Matter of fact, I, I, I reached out to cars.com. I, I said, man, I, I think half the cars listed online are wrong. They got a tool called AutoCorrect, which will scan the, all your listings and compare mm -hmm. the build-out sheets. They found 37% of the cars listed online wow. are inaccurate. Missing wow. trims, trans, or, or major features. Yeah. Like, hey, that's had a winter package that was worth three grand. You didn't say nothing about yeah. it. So when a fourth, uh, 40, almost 40% 40 of the inventory is listed inaccurately, mm -hmm. and then all this data is coming from this inaccurate listings, you know, can, so I just don't want dealers to go down that path thinking, you know, that data is going to, all that data. And plus, there's this, there's a lot of, I want to say gut instinct. It's factual stuff. Like, and I know computers could figure this out once they get the right build-out sheets, but like F-150, 2000 F-150 XLT, <laughs> I think it's like a 301 versus a 302. I, yep. I can't remember which one's which, but it is one has the 18-inch 18, yep. 18 wheels and the small screen and a split bench, and the other one will have the captain's chair. It's a big screen. And the 20-inch wheels. But most yep. dealers don't list their cars with a 301 or 302 because customers don't know that, right? They're going to say captain's chairs. or So 18-inch um, wheels, some don't say it, some say it do. So, but it's a 15 two grand swing. Yeah, it what's is. that F-150 XLT is worth? But if we're just looking at F-150 XLTs with this, I mean, so you, you got to have some car instinct, you mm -hmm. know, car guy, 100%. hey, the blacks work on this, the silvers don't, you know, there, those, there's little elements that there's too many, there's not enough local transaction data to make that accurate. And if you do do it, you got to go back 45, 60 days ago and some, as fast as you know, this world has moved, yeah. 40, 60 day old data is worthless. hundred percent. So especially right now, I, again, a lot of exciting stuff. A lot of data out there. I'm just afraid that I don't want dealers, and I don't think they do want to, but going down that AI, you got to mix them and, and know the balance. At least for now. Until one of these. How about, how about the, I want to go down kind of the scoring uh, direction because I like how you're going there, and yeah. I'm seeing more of that, yes. right? Um, but I'm seeing more uh, attribution to the sell, meaning we're getting much better about measuring all the efforts that are kind of required to actually get the deal done. You know, for the longest time, you know, a CRM would give you a report based on leads and then how many you closed. <laughs> it's like, hold on. There are like six or seven different steps in there that I had to go through before I get to that. Yeah. All right. I feel like dealers have kind of embraced that, but some of the tech is just still a little behind, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I think there's a big opportunity there. Uh, two examples on that. Mm -hmm. uh, CRMs with uh, private party acquisitions or trying to acquire cars. Well, you, you can't. If a lead comes in from uh, Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer or whatever, yep. right? Well, what do you if you actually buy their car? How do you 
market in the CRM. You can't market as sold as a closed deal because you bought their trade. You didn't sell them nothing, so it don't count in your closing. So the CRMs haven't really grasped there's, that. There's a lot of movement. There's still, there's they still haven't work to be done there yet. Um, and then the other thing, that I, I came from a subprime um, market, yep. and there was a difference, and I tracked it manually, was sold versus delivered. Because yes. I could sell a customer. 100%. I, I get, it doesn't I, necessarily they, mean you're going to get it delivered. Yeah, because they signed the buyer's orders in the credit app. That's but a really as soon as I ran the credit, they scored a 300 and needed a five grand. And and so I couldn't mark them sold. But we did, my internet guy did his job, got him yeah. in. We, we sold the customer. Auto Trader, whoever sent us the lead, give us a, a buying customer. They did their job. But yep. yet the CRM is going to tell you, no, you suck. <laughs> so I tracked sold versus delivered manually because I'd have one guy sell 15 but deliver sure. seven and he's getting yelled at for not performing well. I'm like, hold on, he did his job. He got 80 leads. He got 15 sold. Exactly. It's not my fault the F&I apartment couldn't put these deals together. And so again, it, yeah, there's a little bit missing. It's 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 getting there. It's getting there. I know yeah. we're, we're, look, we're, we're at the tail end of our time today, yeah. um, but I still think there's a lot to discuss about mm -hmm. some of the points that we brought up today. For everyone out there that's watching and listening who maybe want to connect with you, maybe you can continue some of this conversation. Sure. What, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, the letter j rice at lotpop.com uh facebook instagram or you know, i guess instagram linkedin but again jason with an e and i'm out there all awesome. of the always posting stuff thanks jason i really appreciate, appreciate it man it was a thanks lot of fun. Your time jason thanks thanks for tuning in to the strategy with jason podcast with your host jason harris don't want to miss new content be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know remember to like comment and subscribe happy podcasting